Okay, we're live. Hi, this is Ellie Fishman from my office, and i am got a lot of computers everywhere. I'm not sure why I'm using my laptop, but I guess I'm using my laptop because I'm giving conference after this, and I was just getting the cases ready for the weekly quiz. Hope everybody is doing well. Today's August 30th, tomorrow's August 31st, and then Friday is September 1st. So it's been a fast summer. The summer obviously is not over. Hope all our friends in Florida are doing okay with the uh, hurricane there, you know, between the fires in Hawaii and the floods in California. And now the hurricane in um, Florida, it's kind of been a, the uh, nature has been very tough on everybody or a lot of people the last couple of weeks. And the hurricane season is first starting. So hopefully it will not be too bad. I hope wherever you are, you're safe and listening in. I hope everybody's working hard. Um, two months down from this new academic year. We're working hard. We are um, doing some really incredible stuff with Microsoft on AI. Uh, we're finishing a paper with Juan Ferez and his team on early detection of pancreatic cancer in cystic tumors, which has, I'll just tell you, spectacular results. I don't want to spoil the story. And also, we need to get it accepted into a major journal before we can share the results. But nevertheless, we're working hard over there. Working hard on CTS Us. Uh, I finished a bunch of lectures through the end of November. I got to do about five more to take us into 2024. Uh, we always do those lectures, prepare them way in advance to make sure we have things on time. And then I soon have to start doing the quizzes for next year. So it's this constant barrage. And uh, Lily put up, or will put up in two days, the um, pearls for last month, 165 pearls, some really good ones on AI and pancreatic imaging and other things. And then of course the monthly quiz, uh, the uh, journal club. So the, the work never stops. I ran into yesterday someone uh, from surgery, who's the chief resident of surgery at Hopkins, who told me they had not met me before, but they had heard me a thousand times on our lectures. So I took that as a compliment and it was meant to be a compliment. So. Um, we are reaching out and getting there. Hope everybody is doing well. So this talk is gonna be on benign hepatic tumors. We all worry about malignant tumors, be it primary or metastatic. We particularly worry in places like here, we do lots of oncology. Let's say pancreas, is there a liver med present? That changes everything. And with any tumor, liver meds obviously raise the stage of disease and become very problematic. The thing about liver lesions, however, when you get down to it, the majority of liver lesions that we do see are benign, which is good. And you think about them, cysts, hemangiomas, hematomas, FNH. You can put hepatic adenomas in that category between benign and malignant. You could talk about just big cysts. You could talk about also, although it's not benign processes, abscesses, infection. Infection can simulate tumor. There was a case yesterday we were looking at, which you know was initially read as metastasis in a patient who had a resection just about a month ago. And when you look at it, it looked like a cluster of lesions. And when you look at the cluster of lesions, you realize it was going to be an abscess, maybe cholangitis. So you need to be able to recognize things. So let me just talk about abscesses first. Abscesses are easy when the patient is febrile. Classic location, cystic lesion. I'm not going to talk about hydatid disease. I meet big abscesses, more right lobe, very cystic. But sometimes abscesses occur in oncologic patients. Often the patients are post-op 
or post-op four to eight weeks ago. So it can be confusing between recurrence and abscess because often the presentation is not fever, but it's because the patient was getting their first follow-up and they had an abscess. So you wanna be very careful if you're thinking about a patient with, why do I have to have recurrence so soon? Surgical margins were negative, everything looked good, think about an abscess. We've seen that many times. Also, we do lots of patients, we all do with fever. Look at the liver. Abscesses are not uncommon, particularly in IV drug abuse, patients who've had recent surgery, uh, patients who are immunosuppressed, are all possibilities. So that's a benign lesion. It's not benign as you do nothing, but it's not malignant. So I want you to think about abscesses just to remember that possibility and not ignore it because we often don't think of it as much as we should. In terms of benign lesions, the most common are cysts, water density small usually, but can be large. Large, they can have mass effect. They have a thin wall, the wall's not enhancing, occasionally septations, occasionally calcification. Usually easy to recognize. When cysts have thickened wall, you have to worry about thickening, or maybe nodularity, then you worry about cystic tumors, cystic primary or metastatic, biliary cyst adenocarcinomas, metastatic uh, neuroendocrine or metastatic gist tumors or metastatic ovarian cancer or things you think about with ovarian with cystic lesions with thickened wall or nodularity. Hemangiomas are a common lesion. 10% of patients probably have hemangiomas. 90% behave classically. Remember, low density, 2-3-CM, peripheral enhancement on early phase imaging, and then it fills in peripheral to central and usually becomes isodense. In the old days, we used to make sure something became isodense, would track out for 30 minutes even. To me, we know hemangioma based on its peripheral pattern of enhancement. Sometimes there's a feeding vessel going to it. Now, obviously, METS can have peripheral enhancement, but it doesn't have that fluffy type of enhancement and doesn't have that peripheral uh, fill-in from periphery to center. I will not follow them out for 30 minutes. Usually I can make the diagnosis even at 60 seconds, but you follow them out for three to four minutes, and you typically will have no problem making the diagnosis. Hemangiomas are typically leave alone lesions unless they get big enough. Anything benign big enough can cause problems or symptoms. You wanna be very careful with hemangiomas. Obviously you don't wanna biopsy them, they can bleed. Theoretically, hemangiomas are one of the lesions that do bleed, but invariably hemangiomas bleed when they've been biopsied. I've seen lots of hemangiomas and cannot think of a case of a bleed except for maybe one giant hemangioma in a patient with trauma. Now, FNH is another vascular lesion more common in females, 30s, 40s, 20s. It becomes very bright, but homogeneously bright, often with a feeding vessel only becomes as bright as the IVC, not as bright as the aorta. And then at 60 to 90 seconds, it fills in in its entirety, including the central scar. That's the classic FNH. Most FNHs behave like that. Sometimes they're small, sometimes they're large, sometimes they're multiple. Again, the feeding vessel to me is very helpful, but that homogeneous enhancement matching the IVC and not the aorta becomes important. Now, hepatic adenomas, which can be related to things like steroid juice, uh, there are syndromes where you get uh, glycogen storage disease, for example. 
With hepatic adenomas, you worry they can become malignant, and so patients will often get them resected. Now there's a whole bunch of genetic markers which can predict which hepatic adenomas are concerning for malignancy or potential malignancy, and which can be left alone. There's like five types, and we'll save that for another day. But hepatic adenomas, key complications besides potential for malignancy, any hepatic adenoma can cause spontaneous bleeding. Remember when we talk about spontaneous liver bleed, which means no biopsy, no trauma, you think about hepatoma, you think about some metastasis, but hepatic adenoma to me is always at the front and center of the list. So you wanna think about that. And again, hepatic adenomas can become isodense. Usually they become less conspicuous, but not isodense. They can have variable enhancement, can look exactly like a hepatoma, can be well marginated or not well marginated. Okay? Now, hematomas are small lesions, typically minimal vascularity, look very much like cysts or atypical hemangiomas. Uh, hematomas are often multiple, so that's something to think about as well. So now you're thinking, okay, I got benign lesions, I got cysts, I got hematomas, hemangiomas have a classic enhancement, FNH classic enhancement, hepatic adenoma, somewhat enhancement classical, but very variable. We spoke about abscesses and how they can be large or small, can be uh, clusters, but they don't have that well-defined wall they can enhance. And again, abscesses, particularly in the oncology patient, can simulate metastasis and why we need to be thinking about that possibility. We also, when you have other things in the liver that can be benign, infarcts, I'll mention vascular processes, but invariably infarcts are secondary to recent surgery. Vascular injury are all possibilities, so you want to think about that. You can have perfusion changes in the liver which can simulate malignancy in patients with radiation therapy. Things like radiation hepatitis are very sharply marginated, so it's, you can see I'm trying to do that. So it's usually easy to make the diagnosis. Sometimes very early on, it can be a bit more difficult till the borders fill in. But again, you kind of know the patient's getting radiation therapy like a cholangio or a pancreatic cancer. And the way they do radiation therapy these days with multiple ports, not like the old days. So the instances of radiation hepatitis is substantially lower than there was in the past. But it's something to think about because it often is suspicious or read as a recurrent tumor where it's simply radiation-induced changes. So that's a bunch of stuff on benign hepatic tumors. I hope that helps you. There's some lectures about that you can watch and listen to. There's thousands of cases you could look at, quiz yourself. And with that, I wish everybody a great end of August and a great beginning of September and Labor Day. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.